I am Brother Cornell West, and this is Hip Hop Can Save America. Peace and love, everybody. It's your man, Manny Faces. Just wanted to let you know that Hip Hop Can Save America is now available as a live stream show every Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. You can find it at hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Excerpts from that show will be played here on the audio feed, so you'll still get the good interviews that you've been used to. But check out the live stream and check out my free Substack newsletter at mannyfaces.substack.com. That's filled with all kinds of stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and generally hip-hop news that isn't about dumb shit. For everything hip-hop can save America, hiphopcansaveamerica.com. For everything Manny Faces, mannyfaces.com. And if you find value in this work, you can support it. We'd love to have you aboard as a supporter at patreon.com slash mannyfaces. Now let's go. On this episode of Hip Hop Can Save America, a.k.a. the world's smartest hip-hop podcast, how hip-hop can help civic engagement with artist, activist, and educator, elect. My name is Manny Faces. Let's go. The thing about hip-hop uh, today is it's smart. It's insightful. The, the way that they can communicate uh, a complex message in a very short space is, is remarkable. And a lot of these kids, they're not going to be reading the New York Times. That's not how they're getting their information. So hip hop didn't invent anything, but hip hop reinvented everything. Peace and love, everyone. This is Manny Faces, creator, editor, and host of Hip Hop Can Save America. We're dropping a few episodes from the vault that we didn't get to put out during the past year, but that are no less valuable to the goal of preserving, protecting, and promoting the ability of hip-hop, music, and culture to improve society and uplift humanity. These are like our lost tapes. On this episode, artist, activist, and educator Elect gave us a taste of how his work with Hip Hop Is Voting was aimed at making an impact on the 2020 election cycle, as well as the future of civic engagement. As we saw from some local elections and in a big way in Georgia, these ideas have merit can indeed help bring about major change. Elect also talks about his role as an educator and as an artist that frequently works issues such as climate change and racial justice into his work. Plus, fun fact, he's related to someone you know. All in all, Elect brings a ton to the table when it comes to demonstrating ways that hip-hop, music, and culture can be used to uplift humanity. And there was no way I was going to let our talk go unheard. Now, we'll get him back for an update soon. But since this interview, he's put out his debut studio album, Intellectual Property, which is streaming everywhere, and also music videos for the lead single, Degrees, and latest single, BLM. You can find these on YouTube. In any event, there is much value to be gleaned from our conversation. Remember, if you like what we do, please take a moment to rate and review the show. And if you feel so inclined, you can help support the show and other hip-hop and social justice-related work at patreon.com slash Manny Faces. Now, here's my talk with Elect. My man, Elect, first and foremost, thank you for spending time with me today. Uh, you know, we've known each other uh, a little bit for a long time, and it's uh, long overdue that we sit and talk a little bit in depth about uh, all the things that you do and all the things that you are. 
So thank you for your time today in the middle of a tropical storm advisory. <laughs> I appreciate you for having me, man. Of course. And on that note, uh, you, like many of those who I interview and myself and a lot of people in sort of these creative spaces, uh, wear many hats. I've given listeners a brief rundown of my interpretation of who you are and what you do. Uh, mm-hmm. But can you briefly, from your perspective, give us an idea how you like to position yourself in the world, uh, you know, professionally and artistically? Absolutely. I mean, so I'm, I'm definitely a hip hop artist, educator, socially active uh, individual. Uh, I'd say those are probably the big three right there. Um, in addition to music, I also dabble in a bit of photography um, as well. So Nice. And I want to talk about uh, your path and you know what led you to kind of all these different tentacles of artistic creativity. Mm-hmm. But I do want to start today by talking about what I think is the one of the most important and underappreciated aspects of hip hop culture. Uh, and that's the ability to increase civic engagement in a compelling mm-hmm. and effective way. And I know that part of your work now is doing that, uh, is working on that. Part of your work has probably always had dab, you know, uh, aspects of that. But particularly in focus, you have this, uh, you're involved with this Hip Hop is Voting initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because the timeliness of everything going on right now, uh, politically, you know, activism wise, it's a great time to, to, to be doing something like this. Great time to talk about it. I'd like to just start there. Can you tell me about that initiative, what it is uh, and what it aims to do? Absolutely. Um, so Hip Hop is Voting started uh, about four years ago, really. It was just after our you know 45th president was elected. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, me and my homie, Dave Dennis, uh, we were talking just about the whole political landscape. And he lives out west, uh, out in Utah currently. And he was just talking about what he was seeing on the ground out there. And I was comparing it to a lot of what I was seeing here um, in Philadelphia and Pennsylvania. And we were talking about how just the the global and the well, the national and the global interactivity um, and, and the widespreadness of hip hop culture, uh, we could really, you know, lend our voice to the next, not even just the next presidential election, but the next round of all elections, local, state, et cetera. And so we ended up coming up with Hip Hop is Voting uh, initially as a means of just getting information out there. And so since it's just two of us, we're doing a lot of retweeting and and trying to source the best information to get out there to the hip hop community. Uh, but in addition to that, uh, we've been doing a lot of voter registration as well um, has been our next step. And so we've been partnering with uh, the National uh, Voter Registration Day and doing different voter registration initiatives in Salt Lake City, as well as out here in Philadelphia, mm. uh, specifically here at Arcadia University, um, really trying to get young folks invested, informed, um, and ready for action. Well, it's a, a noble concept. Uh, it is needed now, perhaps more than ever. Uh, hip-hop and, and voting, or hip-hop and civic engagement has always had, I think, kind of a weird relationship that on mm-hmm. one, one, one level, top level, you have, you know, the voter die, you know, the puffy, you know, celebrity kind of campaigns. Mm-hmm. And then on a really, you know, underground or very uh, grassroots level, you'll have Dr. Bettina Love, you know, yep. or hip-hop civics ed, or you'll have like small little factional organizations. Uh, of course, like Hip-Hop for Change, there's other organizations mm-hmm. that do this. I could give you my answer to this, but what is it about uh, hip hop culture, hip hop uh, sensibilities that make it a very effective vehicle for what you're trying to do with this initiative? I think that for me um, and my, I guess my perspective on it is we saw a preview or an appetizer of the power of hip hop whenever we had the first hip hop president. Um, and Barack Obama, and how he engaged 
and policies aside, because there's definitely a lot of he, he, he you know, Pro- he, problematic. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, um, sure. for sure. Um, and as, as every president has, um, and he's not, you know, excluded from that at all. Right. But as far as his connection with hip hop culture, there's never been a president that has been as connected, as steeped in, and also birthed within um, sure. a lot of the elements of hip hop culture, and has his own life's experiences with it. The first lady has her own life's experiences within and of the culture, and so in that, it almost to me felt as though a preview of what could be if hip hop were more invested in in putting people in power that could ultimately create law policy or just conversation that ends up impacting law and policy that can best uh, affect those who not just identify with hip hop culture in the country, but uh, really every and anybody in the country. Right, right. Absolutely. There are celebrity and uh, well-known, the Breakfast Club comes to mind, Mm -hmm. uh, intersections of hip hop and politics, hip hop Mm -hmm. and, you know, I don't want to say activism because I don't really truly think what the breakfast club does or what you know even puffy with you know vote or die and these these kind of programs or the occasional stepping in and statements being made by you know uh, high level rap artists are those helpful or do they actually hurt some of the grassroots the more on the ground movements like the one that you're involved with like others like yours Mm -hmm. uh does the celebrity attention Mm -hmm. help or hurt i think that Overall, the celebrity messaging of the power of the vote helps. But if you have the capacity to do more than just be a mouthpiece and you're not doing so, then you're hurting it. And so I think that for some of the individuals or organizations or platforms that you mentioned, they've done a very good job at making people aware of the necessity to vote, but maybe not. They, they might not have, I don't know if they've, um, whether or not who's running a lot of these organizations or, or the, the, the intention of the funding behind them. But I, I'm just curious as to, even though they have the platform and the ability to, to talk about the importance of voting, I don't know if it's connecting as well um, with the community as either they're hoping or, as, or definitely as much as I would hope. Right. For right. sure. I, and yeah. I, I wonder the same thing about like the reform, uh, organization that you mm-hmm. know jay-z meek mill yep. uh you're you're that's that's a philly thing you know yep, they got the, uh, so. <laughs> you got the owner of the 76ers the co-founder of reddit right invested There's a bunch a, of yeah. money into that so this is a, a big organization a lot of money a lot of hoopla mm-hmm, when it first mm-hmm, came out mm-hmm. and then it's been sort of crickets when in terms of what they're actually doing or you know you have to like search and seek and i th- i would think that like you said with a platform like that the ability to reach the masses in such a m- powerful way that you'd be hearing more about what's actually being done and not yeah. to say that things aren't being done but i i do think what you said that disconnect exists between, and i think yeah, yeah. it very much so. and, it, and it's tough too i also think about how if you're let's a Jay-Z or a Meek Mill, and you are partnering with individuals and creating a platform like the Reform Project, or just, let's just hypothetically, just X Project, let's say. It's two rappers and they're, they're partnering with business individuals and they're creating X Project. But then it's like, well, what is X Project doing outside of creating a, you know, the visibility around a message? Well, then the people who are on the ground 
there's a lot of politics around the alignment of the of whether it's lawyers or judges or DAs. activists. Yeah, like where it's <laughs> like I, you know, I personally can't align with X organization, even though I align with their message, because I then will compromise other opportunities for me to help benefit people um, who are, you know, it's like, it's, it's almost as though if you align with certain organizations, you could put yourself in a position to then not be able to help the people in the communities that you're intending to do. And so it, mm. it's, it, it can be a fine line for a lot of the people who you would expect or hope that would also be as visible or as present as in alignment with different organizations. Right. Well, that's why I think the the real power and the real uh, focus should be on smaller organizations, local organizations. Yeah. You know, whether it's hip hop is voting, you know, uh, in one in a, in a couple of cities, perhaps more as mm-hmm. as you expand. But that obviously local government is often overlooked. You know, in terms of you know the political circus that we all somehow or another found ourselves <laughs> in attendance of, uh, and local politics being so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, for whatever side of the the political fence you you uh, you live on, um, but local local politics, and that's why I like the grassroots localized. You know, hip hop is not a monolith. Right. Uh, hip hop culture p- participants in hip hop culture, people who feel connected to hip hop culture, aren't all the same. Different mm-hmm. cities, different areas have all different vibes, as we know just by turning on the radio and you hear artists <laughs> from different parts of the country. Uh, and and I think that when it's treated that way, it's it's uh it's very effective. It's sort of culturally responsive activism. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of culturally responsive as a sort of a, a way to approach long standing initiatives like activism, uh, mm-hmm. education is one of them. We talk often on this show to hip hop minded educators. You yourself are an educator. Give me just a kind of idea of, uh, you know, your educational background, what you do sort of in the teaching, you adjuncting at one point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell me your focus on the education side of things. Absolutely. So, well, my history with education uh, goes back to 2001. I uh, started in, as a you know summer camp counselor after school, working with kids K through six um, as far as grade school is concerned. And then I took those experiences. Uh, whenever I got into college, I helped organize a group called Impact, um, helping young men of color basically build a network and community to lean on one another to help get through college together. After that, uh, I started working at the Harlem Children's Zone, became a college advisor there, um, brought chapters of impact to Harlem Children's Zone. And then when I moved to Philadelphia uh, to get my master's and now my doctorate, I brought a chapter of impact, which is the name of the organization, um, to Arcadia University as well and started working with students out here. Mm. Um, In addition to that, I've been uh, an executive member of the Black Male Development Symposium out here in Philadelphia, um, which has been run for over a decade now. And then uh, I've moved on from that organization to uh, being a college advisor at Philadelphia Futures, uh, helping kids get into and through school. And I'm now mm. currently, in addition to adjuncting as a uh, professor at Arcadia, where I teach on the history of hip hop and its use as a social justice vehicle. I'm also a program director uh, for City or Philadelphia, uh, where we are taking AmeriCorps volunteers and connecting them with students and building mentor relationships between them and their students. That is a full plate and a full uh, CV, sir. Uh, <laughs> a lot more educational things than I've done. Uh, I'm the son of a college professor, so of course I didn't go to college. Why? Well, that's, that's how, right? That's how it works. 
And I'm sort of two college professors, and they were like, "Oh, your ass is going to." Pop. <laughs> so <it was> like- <laughs> well, maybe, maybe if I had another one, maybe. Uh, <laughs> no, I so education, like I said, the son of a distinguished uh, sociology professor, uh, so. Mm. Got a lot through osmosis, uh, luckily. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so I respect and, and I think uh, education is a noble field. Those are a lot of things. A lot of them do focus on uh, communities of color, young men mm-hmm. of color, uh, young people uh, and hip hop. And so mm-hmm. from your perspective, and, and we hear this a lot on this show, but, uh, you know, if someone just happens to be coming in for the first time, we often tout the the benefits of hip hop in education and mm-hmm. to outsiders, those who are not that familiar with that concept in of itself. And on the larger scale, hip hop culture, mm-hmm. uh, they often don't. It's hard, something. It's hazy. It's hard to uh, yeah. to to comprehend what that means. As many specific examples or or kind of anecdotes that you can can give. How has incorporating hip hop into education, even if it's talking about you know the classics, the the history mm-hmm. of hip hop and its use as social justice? When you and I know you do. When you come across folks that don't know hip hop from a hole in the wall and they say, how are you teaching hip hop on a collegiate level? Yeah. And you say, well, that's because hip hop blank. Yeah. What do you say? Well, I say that's because hip hop was born out of the same populace of the students that I'm teaching. Mm. I mean, I'm working with teenagers and young adults, and that was the group that created hip hop culture. Black, brown, young folks who are coming from the city, um, who are trying to figure out their path. And are using any means because in thinking about how many means were taken away from folks in, during around the time of the inception of hip hop and are also still being taken away from young folks today in schools right. where you're then grasping at what's around you for your creative and you know individual expression. And so it connects with what students are going through right now. Um, and it was the foundation for what created the culture in the first place. Those parallels are important. It's, uh, you know, people, a lot of people look at the, well, they cherry pick the uh, end result and mm-hmm. they may say, oh, well, but it's violent, but it's misogynistic, but it's, but it's also creative. It's also entrepreneurial. It's also yeah. uh, emotionally supportive. It's also community based. Mm-hmm. You know, for every negative, you could find a positive. And those positive, uh, those parallels are super important, I think, to young people today who are finding themselves in a very rapidly changing world. Right. And those negatives are really, it's just like, it's as though you, somebody hands you a meal and you're like, why am I eating this? Cause I don't like parsley. It's like, <laughs> okay. Like right. just because somebody's adding accoutrement to this meal that you don't <laughs> right. like doesn't mean that, you know, it, the meal is not worthy of consumption. And so sure. whenever it comes to, um, at least just, just the, those who bristle up at hip hop and, and for, and for specific reasons, well, you know, they're, they're, they're cussing and they're, 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 <laughs> they're disrespecting of individuals, whether it be women, LGBTQ, those are all very valid points. And at the same time, those are also things that have helped to create the, uh, I guess like, and they, I guess the easiest way to say it is like the media's message or the media's portrayal of what hip hop is, but just that surface level, like reaction, because you're afraid of certain buzzwords that you've heard in songs, um, that, 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 that's not the totality of hip hop culture by any means. Right. Um, and, and, and honestly, in my experience, a lot of individuals whose first reactions are, uh, of a negative one whenever it comes to hip hop and academia, it's also because they're harboring a lot of implicit and individual biases, not just around hip hop culture, but specifically around black and brown people. Right. 
Right. So it's uh, it's it's judging all of the books yep. <laughs> by the co- <laughs> by the one cover. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> by, by the one cover. <laughs> exactly. Got you. Uh, you mentioned uh, being uh, uh, having educators in your family. Mm-hmm. In the past, uh, you've also delved into areas in your music as a as an artist and as a teaching artist as an and as an artist and as an artist activist mm-hmm. uh including environmental issues climate change and science uh, etc mm-hmm. uh i guess a lot of credit would be towards having educators in your family but uh, was that what else may have put you on a path of incorporating you know topics of information and activism mm-hmm. and uh, climate change into your work as an artist when you could have just been you know rapping about anything Absolutely. It's really, so, you know, definitely a shout out to my parents um, and even my younger sister, you know, even though she's my younger sister, I learned a lot from her too. Um, And my grandparents, family, uncles, aunts, et cetera. But really for me, um, even though there's this foundation, this, this family foundation of, you know, knowledge seeking and understanding, um, it's always come back to my learning about so many things through other hip hop artists. So I was born in 85. So I, my earliest memories of the music I was hearing outside of the, you know, Stevie Wonder, Earth, Wind & Fire, Michael Jackson, Miles Davis, folks like that. Whenever it came to hip hop, it was KRS, Public Enemy, Eric B and Rakim, uh, Stetsa Sonic, like folks who were talking about real things that were going on and I'm connecting and hearing these stories and I'm just mind blown, you know, thinking about like, you know, KRS going from overseer to officer Mm. um, in that one line. uh, And and, and there's a variety of different um, examples of music, especially public enemy and fight the power. And here I am a child, not even in kindergarten, (laughs) watching this on television, on young TV raps and watching these interviews with, Fab Five Freddy talking with Craig Mack and going to, and linking up with Outcast as Outcast are you know in the inception of their careers and I'm just absorbing all this stuff and learning all these stories and I'm like man like how come I'm not learning this in school mm. how come I'm not learning this I'm not seeing this on other channels when I flip to like what's going on and as I got older and started seeing that there was less and less of these conversations and stories happening in mainstream hip hop. They were still happening throughout the culture, but just not in what was, you turn on MTV and it wasn't your own TV raps anymore. Right. Um, and it was TRL. And I'm like, okay, this is a totally different experience. <laughs> right. And then it was like, well, maybe, you know, instead of just, you know, being the type of person that is like, oh, well, I wish it was like what it was. It's like, well, I also have this passion and this energy and this creativity. Like, I'm going to make sure that my music says something just as the music that inspired me told me something and taught me something too. Right. 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 So, and, and you know, coming up in that time frame, it is, it's, it is, you're right in that those conversations, that music, those subject, that subject matter doesn't, uh, you know, fell off from mainstream uh, hip hop radio and and TV at the time, mm-hmm. uh, but it's always been there. And if you were kind of rooted in it, you always found a way to seek it out. You always wanted to keep hearing more of it. I mean, I'm the same way. I'm a little bit older, but you know that time frame in hip hop was very influential to to myself. A lot of people in our age range. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And so we're not going to be sad. I'll be satisfied. Listen to even today's current music sometimes, but I'm not going to stop there. 
I'm going to continue right. to to find it and to look for it and to search for it. And a lot of people uh, do that. Um, so while it's not in, it's not prominent anymore, I just encourage people to believe that it still exists. <laughs> it's not just you, sir, even though you're an important voice. Uh, there are many people doing many kinds of hip. I personally think today is probably the most prolific time in, in hip hop yes. history. And you can't not yes. find something, some subject matter, whether it's, you know, scientific, you know, ac- uh, political, uh, ecological, yep. uh, you know, um, uh, uh, all any aspect of yes. hip hop exists today. It's which is probably never. You could find, you know, probably drilled down even to weird subjects that you would only find a subreddit about. They got rap about right. it, so I'm exactly. just saying, it exists. <laughs> Very much so. It's interesting though, and when you talk about sort of non-mainstream artists and people who are, uh, you know, still continuing to make music that you know says something, pushes envelopes, pushes boundaries, you actually have uh, a connection with uh, with uh, with Logic, correct? Yeah, yeah. So tell me about the the the, the connection you have with Logic, an, an artist who does some of those things or did until his retirement, right? Didn't he just retire? Yeah, yeah, just recently retired. Uh, so ex- out, yeah. explain, yeah, explain your connection to him real quick. Uh, so yeah, Logic and I linked up about four years ago. Um, so I was on uh, Sway in the Morning um, with my uncle Neil deGrasse Tyson, and we were talking about the uh, flat to fact uh, and Bob believing that that time um, and hopefully not anymore that the Earth was flat. Right. Uh, and we're on there talking about that. I do a freestyle, um, and then we leave, and then I check Twitter. Oh, and Logic ends up coming a, a part of that conversation because. At some point, him and Neil were trying to connect, and it it hadn't happened up until that point. Right. And so then, I end up checking Twitter um, that afternoon, and Logic had sent me a tweet saying, "You know, you're such a positive dude." And I was like, "Oh, word, that's what's up." You know, it's like, you know, next time you're in Philly, if you need anybody to open, if you need, you know, just, you know <laughs> yeah, replying back. And he was like, "Well, no doubt. Well, I'm gonna be out there. You know, come like, meet me at the show." And so, at the show, we connected, um, built the friendship, and. Over the last four years, I've uh, been to a lot of his shows and just been studying his craft as an artist and also as a man, um, at, you know, at how he carries himself and how he conducts himself as a businessman and um, empowers his team to also put themselves in position for their, you know, upward professional and even personal um you know, mobility toward their aspirations. And so I really just was able to see, and I'm very thankful for that um, friendship and relationship because, well, not only did he uh, shorten my rap name to elect. Um, so he's the one who gave me uh, elect. As I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, what, did shorten, um, what did it shorten from? It was, it was the intellect. Uh, right. So shout out to my homie, Tony Chenault. He um, was like, yo, I'm going to call you the intellect. And I was telling Logic that he was like, I'm going to call you elect. Like Lenny called me Logic from Psychological. And so that was that. Wow. Okay. When I, I used to rap as schizophrenic and uh, I guess that would have, uh, I could have shortened that a little bit too. <laughs> <laughs> I like to say that. I say, I used to be schizophrenic, but we're okay now. <laughs> That's <Go ahead>. hilarious. <laughs> It's probably not politically correct anymore, but whatever. What <laughs> I mean, man, yeah. but hey, we all got our story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, all right. So that was cool. He's uh, he's an interesting character. I I uh, I, I found a uh, I had a I, I learned a lot about him as well from the um, was it the Netflix series um, that they oh, did yes. on artists. I can't remember the name. Um, 
I'm looking it up so I don't sound like an idiot. Hang on. Uh, Rapture. Yeah. From the uh, from the Netflix series Rapture, which uh, kind of went into sort of like chef's table, you know, <laughs> for uh, for yeah. hip hop, and went in, went deep and kind of real personal. And I had listened to his music. I had a you know kind of a cursory uh, understanding of of him as a, as an artist and as a performer and as a businessman. All the things you list, and mm-hmm. it was very interesting. And it's uh, interesting to see his sort of retirement. You know what he what he's getting into. Uh, um, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll you know let him speak for himself on sure, the sure. things that are coming up in the future. Or, but the, you know, definitely the most important thing that's happening in the future is you know family, yeah, and making sure that you know fatherhood is prime and, and being a great husband is prime. So I, I understand that priority. I've been doing that for uh, thirty years now. So I've been, a, <laughs> <laughs> I've been, a, been a dad. My oldest son just turned thirty, and I just turned thirty-four. So it's you know I, I had I had him very young. Uh, real quick, I just I know that you you have sort of another quote unquote celebrity connection. You mentioned it, some guy that always somehow wanders on TV and such. Uh, <laughs> this Neil deGrasse Tyson kind of space freak or something. I don't know what he is all about. Um, just a, a you know a quick shout out and you know connection to uh, your uncle, the uh, acclaimed astrophysicist and author and personality, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, definitely shout out to the aunt. You know, he's always been a great, you know, whether it's, you know, growing up, it always felt like he was kind of like a big brother, so to speak, because um, he's my dad's younger brother. And so okay. there's always, we always had that good, like, trifecta between me, him, and my dad going the on. Cool so. uncle. Not that your dad probably was, <laughs> was cool too, but you're the cool uncle, right? You got, yeah, someone, yeah. someone got to be the cool uncle. Yeah. Right. And yo, shout out to my mom's side of the family. I got a lot of cool uncles over there too, but, <laughs> but Neil, 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 yeah, we got a good relationship. That's, for that's sure. what's I, And what I like, obviously, on the surface level, that is pretty cool. He's, you know, well known and, and for the most part that I could tell, you know, pretty universally well liked and well-respected uh, in all of his various fields. Um, mm-hmm. So it's cool because he's a cool guy. And that's, uh, you know, that's what's up. There's, there's, there's a claim there. What I, I also like was that you've been able to kind of work with him on a couple of things mm-hmm. uh, and that he's always kind of opened the door to what you do and, and, and connect. Uh, you know, I think you've done some music for the show. Or yep. You've been on the show. I think you've been on his Star Talk uh, mm-hmm. uh, show as well, talking about some of these issues and the, the intersection of science, uh, particularly and, and, and from an artistic hip hop kind of perspective. Has he always been open to that? Has, has he always been welcoming to that or, or was he, you know, needed a little uh, convincing along the way? He's always been open to. So the interesting thing is my connection to anything Star Talk related, uh, mm-hmm. outside of obviously the the family connection. Yeah. Um, it's been it's mainly his team. I got to definitely shout out to Lindsey Walker. Um, but his team he makes sure that there's no nepotism, no let's make sure my nephew, none of that. Like he's really hands off with you that. You got to come the with team. the relevance, and you got to really make yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah no no free passes here. Sure. <laughs> Um, and so, so whether it's been, you know, the opportunity to perform on National Geographic or the, uh, interview that we did, um, on the radio, uh, the Star Talk radio program, um, or just the opportunity to do music for the Star Talk All-Stars theme song, yeah. um, all of that, I mean, has come from the, you know, Curved Light Productions and Star Talk team. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's just really shout out to them just for wanting to reach out and then making sure that I'm delivering on what they're asking uh, you know I, obviously there is a, a connection so they they already know who you are so that helps but uh it is again whenever we see academia even though it's sort of entertainment 
based academia still there's nothing to taken away from it uh but to to reach out and to look at the arts to look at hip-hop specifically to say hey you know this this is a as valuable a way of delivering information this is a valuable as valuable a uh, connective tissue uh, mm-hmm. to what to what we're trying to do in the classroom or in the universities as anything else that is absolutely to be respected and um I'm glad you're a part of it uh but I'm glad that they you know obviously see value in that um that that lends a lot of credibility to us uh hip hop non PhD practitioner journalist <laughs> uh, advocate types uh, that, <laughs> that go and preach this gospel. Like I'm mm-hmm. trying to tell the world that hip hop is valid and is a tool for all of these things. And it's great to see it uh, being, uh, you know, respected and utilized by folks in such, you know, high powerful uh, platforms. So yeah, shouts yeah. to shouts to them. Yep. Absolutely. Now, uh, when it comes to making music, you've taken sort of a hiatus. You've dropped a few things here and there. You had dropped mm-hmm. some material. You had uh, pointedly said in a recent social media post that you've taken a break, but that break time is over and you're coming yep. with new, some new stuff. Uh, you have an album coming soon. Yes. Yeah. Intellectual property. Intellectual property. Uh, don't let China steal it. <laughs> um, the whole that, world can, the whole world can consume it. It's all I, I bet that's what happens because that's apparently what happens. Um, but uh, specifically, uh, tell me about the song Hope. Hope is from that album? Yeah. Well, so Hope. Or is it just kind of a drop? <laughs> Hope, yeah. Hope is just a drop. Um, but it's recent. That's the most recent? Yeah, it was going to be on the album. Um, and it's, it's, it's now living as its own entity. Um, and that song was just inspired by a lot of the activism that's been going on lately. Um, and not even lately, or sure. you know how long it's been going on. Um, the, the seeds of that song was. Um, sowed really uh, um, due to the unfortunate uh, murder of Heather Heyer um, in Charlottesville, North Carolina, um, right. when that white supremacist drove the car through the crowd. And when that happened, um, it just really affected me because it was, you know, such a heinous act. Um, and then also it felt it felt as though for for protests, it was almost like a 9-11 of a mm. protest where you have somebody crashing a vehicle into something um, and just so recklessly and heinously. And so for me, it, it really impacted me um, and, and laid the foundation for uh, hope. And then whenever uh, this new, res- not even really resurgence, but just the second, third, fourth, whatever wave you want to call it <laughs> right. of this, um, you know, Black Lives Matter movement and, and just social uh, push for the end of racism, um, I took a lot of the footage uh, from the police, essentially beatings. This is like a dozen Rodney Kings per protest happening now, right. uh, where I just took a lot of that footage and, and put it over top of the um, lyrics in the song of Hope uh, and put that out recently as a YouTube video. Um, and, and it really struck me because even when I wrote those lyrics, you know, I, I wrote like one line is they're using cars as weapons against lawful protesters. And I'm writing that about this white supremacist um, murderer. In right. Charlottesville, and yet the footage that aligns with it are of our NYPD potentially white supremacists driving the car. Who knows? Right. But plowing over protesters using their cars as weapons, and it's 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 it's, it's yeah, it's become a thing. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. yeah, yeah, prescient uh, uh, of you to write that. Um, the 
it's hopeful. It's 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 at the same. It's 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 one time. It's kind of juxtaposing what you're hoping is going to stop, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, with a message of hope, with a message of of optimism. And there's a line in there. Uh, you know, some say you're you're an optimist. Mm-hmm. And at the end, it's interesting about the song. Um, at the end, there was sort of that uh, uh, capture from a from from a video, uh, a viral video, I suppose. Uh, and it was sort of a plea to to not go the the violent route, maybe in response to uh, a lot of what's happening out there. Uh, is that sort of the the gist of the end there? So at the end, so that's what the that's my interpretation of what the gentleman was speaking about. But what right. I tried to do with the footage was I placed them. So if you go back to the video, I, they're in the middle and on the sides of them are a bunch of police officers kneeling. Right. Uh, and so whenever he's saying, you know, basically they're both arguing about how wrong everything is going on, but they don't know the way, like what is the right. way what do of we do? Right. fixing it? And my, my hope, <laughs> quote unquote, I guess, you know, yeah. no pun intended, but um, with, with, kind of splicing that footage together was, you know, just because we have a bunch of officers now kneeling down uh, and, you know, that's that's not going to be our answer either. It, it, we need systemic reform. We need policy changes. We need to expeditely, you know, expeditiously, as, you know, T.I. might say, get some of these um, horrible officers out of uniform and a lot of them into prison. So, right, right. Or, or maybe not into prison, considering we need a lot of prison reform, but some sort of correctional um <laughs> whether it's mental or physical just you know they they, they you know accountability accountability for sure yes. yeah <laughs> now i'm not an advocate for violence for the sake of violence i understand that sometimes resistance gets ugly by its nature but you're right some of this like uh lip service it's being mm-hmm. done by corporations or by police departments or you know law enforcement or political figures uh isn't enough. I think you're right. Those, those larger, deeper reforms and, and approaches, you know, policy, uh, just upending the whole system is what has to be done. Uh, mm-hmm. Otherwise, <clears throat> pardon me. <clears throat> otherwise it's band-aids over gushing wounds. Um, I think civic engagement, as we started this interview talking about the, that's why I started with it. I think that is the most important thing. It's, it's not just voting. Mm-hmm. Uh, civic engagement is obviously, you know, being involved in your community, being involved in school board. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's not just president. You know, they elect right. school board people. Those things affect your community uh, on the on the most granular level, and that should be something that uh, uh, people should be more involved and aware of. Um, but the last three and a half years have shown us that even those government systems, even those ones that are in place to protect against the, uh, you know, the use of government uh, in ways that don't serve the people uh, have failed us in, in a lot yes. of ways or have been usurped or circumvented, uh, you know, at the, even at the highest level with the Department of Justice, Federal Department of Justice. Mm-hmm. People, I think, are worried, rightly so, that this election season is going to bring more of the same. Mm-hmm. And and that that presents a really scary uh, prospect. Yeah uh, how 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 can how how can we remain hopeful <laughs> during this time? I think that if we are entering a space where the current turmoil that we're in is potentially going to get worse that our hope can't reside in what we're expecting 
to create for next week or next month. Um, and it, and it feels so, um, like, I guess it's like euphemistic to say, you know, for the next generation, but in all honesty, like really thinking about the immediacy of how death can hit any of us, um, you know, Kobe Bryant and Gianna Bryant, everybody who passed away on that, uh, helicopter crash, um, made a lot of people reminded a lot of people of the uh importance of what we're doing on a day-to-day and so i think that whenever there is whenever we're about to enter an even more trying time than we're currently in right now and for us to remain hopeful we need to feel confident that we're going to defeat it i think that the reason why we've had a lot of waves of this in the past and there has been a lot of successes that were major successes but incremental in the biggest of pictures we need to make sure that the work that we're doing right now um we're confident like we, we already know that the work that we're that work has been done has changed the world for the better for where we're in right now and so we just need to believe that the work and the fight that we're putting forth right now will change the world for the better, regardless of how dark it gets, regardless of how many people may lose their lives or may lose their livelihoods in the betterment of others. At the end of the day, that's those are the sacrifices that all of us need to be willing to make because we have the hope that whether or not it's going to be in our lifetime, something is going to be different for those who might not even be here yet because we want something to be here for them because my kids aren't here yet. I'll tell you that right now. I, they, there's no kids in a belly. There's no, <laughs> no, no, no generation yet to exist from me. But I know that I definitely want that in my life. And I know that I want to make sure that this world is a space where they're not fighting as hard as we've had to fight for them, for them to fully be themselves. Yeah. And so that, that's where my hope resides. And I don't know if that speaks for everybody, but um, that's, that's, that's something that keeps me going. I think that is an inspirational way of looking at it. Uh, we have seen it work before. It may not look like, you know, it's where we want it to be. Uh, but we know that these efforts do pay dividends. Mm-hmm. We got to keep going. You got to keep doing, you can't give up. It's, that's mm-hmm. it. It's with any, it's like with anything else, anything mm-hmm. else that you feel is, is, is attainable. You know, the harder it is to get, maybe the more value, more, uh, joyous it'll be in the end yeah you know yep i appreciate those words uh i'm gonna unless you have anything else you want me to know about and spread you know to anyone listening to this any other projects any other things that you've got going on tell me about what you might have again what's when's the album dropping how could people kind of peek in and and see what you're doing artistically Mm -hmm. and um anything else and and the hip-hop is voting uh, uh organization how do people get involved or in touch with that absolutely so yeah, when it comes to hip hop is voting, um, follow at hip hop is voting, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, um, you can just shoot messages. I'll receive it. I'll message right back to folks. Um, definitely get involved if you want to do any voter registration or just information dissemination in your own uh, cities, counties, communities. Uh, you want to use the hip hop is voting branding. You know, we can definitely have a conversation around that, making sure that you're getting set up uh, to empower your community as best as possible. Uh, whenever it comes to myself and my music, uh, you can listen to everything that I've got out right now um, 
on any streaming platform. Uh, my artist name is Elect, E-L-L-E-C-T. Um, my most recent music is Hope. Um, I also have another song called Gold. Uh, my upcoming single is going to be called Degrees. I'm going to drop that sometime within, during this pandemic time, that's for sure. But it'll <laughs> definitely be out in the next few weeks or so. Uh, and then the upcoming album, Intellectual Property, be dropped this fall. So definitely stay tuned for that, too. That's what's you up. Follow me um, at Instagram or on Twitter at elect217, E-L-L-E-C-T-217. Um, and I'm also slowly but definitely surely unveiling a digital hip-hop academy that'll be coming soon. Uh, we'll be doing some pilots this fall in some schools, um, building the curriculum, really want to be intentional around making sure that it's done in the right way and not rushing anything out there. Um, so Just Listen Academy is a digital hip-hop curriculum where kids will be able to learn about the history of hip-hop, uh, be able to engage um, with myself and any other facilitators uh, around their interest in hip-hop, um, and really uh, bringing more of an intentional connection between hip-hop and academia. So. There's definitely some things that are coming up. Yeah, man. I, I, uh, it all sounds exciting. We'll have you back when that, you know, gets a little further along. Tell people about how that's, that's coming out. And, uh, again, let me offer myself <laughs> if there's any, uh, way that I can be a help or assistance or, or join you in some of these efforts. Let's talk. Uh, all this stuff is right up my alley. And, you know, for what little, uh, well, let me not be self depreciating. Uh, it's very unbecoming. Right, right. For what, saying, I was going to yeah. say, well, what little <laughs> platform, what little help? No, God damn it. I'm many faces. People listen Absolutely. to me. <laughs> Whatever I can do to help well. spread the word. Uh, obviously I'm, I'm at, I'm at your service, uh, for any of these, uh, initiatives. So thank you for that. Let's take it out with the question that I tend to ask, uh, uh, folks at the end of these interviews the mm -hmm. podcast name is hip-hop can save america and i know i know it's a lofty idea uh there's probably a lot there's certainly a lot more than we need than just hip-hop uh to save this uh this country uh but i think it's a valid concept uh, i'd like to know in your experience from your perspective why you think it may or may not be important for uh, to consider hip-hop music and culture when looking for ways to truly improve lives, livelihoods, and communities in this great country that we're supposed to have. Absolutely. I, for me, hip-hop can save America because hip-hop is through and through America. It, it, it was born out of the, in, the, the response to the, the systemic and social injustices that America has put our folks in. It is a heartbeat and a voice and a message of every community in any space uh, because anybody can be a participant of hip hop because the only defining line between if you're in hip hop or you're not is really if you're a culture vulture about it. If you're, if you're trying to just take pieces of the culture and, and exploit it for personal gain or just exploit it to, to really subvert and dig at the culture, then, you know, we already know you're in authenticity, but Anybody else who aligns and connects and identifies with the elements and the principles of hip hop culture through and through peace, unity, love and having fun. I mean, this space is yours. And so it doesn't matter where you are in this world and where you are in America. Uh, you can have this platform to speak your voice and speak your truth and help change this country. That's what's up. Well, I know that that's what uh, we do in hip hop all the time. That's what you're doing on stage or in the classroom. I try to do behind a microphone or behind a type uh, typewriter. Well, I got a typewriter here uh, behind, <laughs> a key, behind a keyboard. Uh, and uh, even, like I said, uh, folks like your uncle, Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, incorporating hip hop into these avenues. Uh, I think it's a wonderful, as I said earlier, 
it's the best of times. It's the worst of times. Yeah. Uh, but I think that part of what uh, you say there and what I think the theory behind the title of this podcast is that we do have uh, a very, very powerful tool at our disposal. Uh, you mentioned culture vultures. There are many people who are trying to uh, usurp that tool, use it, use that tool for their own benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we, uh, as uh, the authentic uh, protectors of the culture, as, as you know, practitioners in the culture, yeah. uh, it's our duty to, uh, to, uh, to f- hold off those forces and, and use the tool for good. And you, sir, do that in a, such a variety of ways. We could have spent hours talking about it, drill down into in, any one of these initiatives or, you know, your class. So please do come back and let's talk about things, uh, again, that are, uh, hip hop and, uh, have to do with, uh, your intellectual property. How about that? <laughs> Most definitely. I All will right. do for sure. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your time. And, uh, I look forward to seeing you in person if and when. likewise take care Manny appreciate it once again I'm Manny Faces and I thank you for listening to Hip Hop Can Save America aka the world's smartest hip hop podcast if you appreciated this episode please take a moment to rate and review us at ratethispodcast.com slash hip hop that's ratethispodcast.com slash hip hop easy to remember and very helpful to the cause in addition you can support the show and get some special offers at patreon.com slash Manny Faces. Every penny goes into being able to continue this and other work that advocates for the use of hip-hop music and culture to improve society and uplift humanity. Now, this show was created, edited, produced, and hosted by me under my production company, Manny Faces Media, in association with the Center for Hip-Hop Advocacy. And fun fact, I also produced the theme song. For more about my projects, including the award-winning social justice podcast, Newsbeat, information about my public speaking, my upcoming event calendar, and more, visit my online home base at mannyfaces.com. For all things Hip Hop Can Save America, visit hiphopcansaveamerica.com. Thank you for listening, sharing, supporting, and showing love. Appreciate ya. We're out. Once again, thanks for listening to another episode of Hip Hop Can Save America, a.k.a. the world's most important hip hop podcast. My name is Manny Faces. You can find out more about the show at hiphopcansaveamerica.com. You can watch the show now as a live stream on YouTube, hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Check back for all the replays as well. The interviews from the live stream will be brought here onto the audio feed, so you always get the best of the live stream. You can also check out our Substack newsletter. It's free at mannyfaces.substack.com filled with stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and in general, hip-hop news that isn't about dumb <laughs> Eternal shouts to our consulting producer, Summer McCoy. Be sure to check out her dope initiatives, Hip Hop Hacks, and the Mixtape Museum. We'll be back soon with another dope episode, but check us out on the live stream as well. Mondays, 9 p.m. Eastern, hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Until next time, it's Manny Faces wishing peace and love to you and yours.